How you all doing folks? It's Brad and welcome back to Griff Chat, the final episode of season one. 2022 is coming to an end and I'm technically no longer a community assistant anymore. I know, I know you love me, but like all good things, it must eventually come to an end. This episode will be another solo podcast since everyone else is busy with exams and studying. It won't be a particularly long episode, but let's get in the thick of it, shall we? It's the end of the year, we've just had another successful vow, and I'm feeling pretty good. Great to see everyone dressed up in their suits and dresses for a Midsummer Night's Dream. I rocked up in my 007 James Bond tux, accompanied with my BMW, and of course my martini shaken, not stirred. Hope everyone had a good time that night and enjoyed their dinners, and I hope you had a better luck than I did, because for a third time in a row, the waitress forgot my meal, and I had to sit there quite awkwardly saying, um, did you forget me again or something? Like, I swear, it must be a curse or something. This happens quite frequently. But it didn't dampen my spirits, as it was a long night of dancing and photobombing the photo booth with all your mates. Ah, what a good night that was. You know, Griffins, my original premise for Griffcast was to have a rotating chair of co-hosts to accompany me in every episode where we did things like, oh, I don't know, hypothetical pet projects akin to what Emily and I did back in episode two. Yeah, that's awesome. Don't ask me awesome. how it's going to work, but I reckon it'd be kind of cool. And yeah. it has some like hammocks in there too. as like a nice chill space. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I can just see it being very chill. So I'd love that. I'd also love, I like the idea of like a zip line out of Dyradell down into like Cambry Lawns or something. As yes. a nice fun way to get out. Like, uni, please don't comment me about the risk assessments and stuff. But honestly, the zip line, I reckon should be great fun. A fun little warm up to get into the groove before we invite ordinary griffins like yourself to participate in games and quizzes. The sort that you would hear from other podcasts like Hamish and Andy or whatever the heck Ned and Josh does and Mix 104.7 before concluding with an insight into the lives of other Griffins and their talents. Perhaps playing some live music for our many talented band members or an insight in filmmaking, surfing or travelling abroad. That's the vision I had for this podcast but... Alas, it didn't quite take off until term four of semester two, the final six weeks of the academic year. So season one, in retrospect, was a bit of a cordial concentrate of Griffin leadership in the guest chair and a heavy emphasis on interviews rather than the back and forth bantering and open-sounded cultural enrichment that I've envisioned. Well, if we get a season two, perhaps that'll happen. After all, I pushed for this podcast as a thing for you, Griffin, where anyone and everyone is invited. There's only so much charisma, let's be honest, if any, that I can project, so I don't think this podcast would be successful if it wasn't for the amazing co-hosts who volunteered so to join me in the chair and partake in this whole ordeal. So I thank you, everyone, and I thank you all for tuning into this final episode for 2022. Spotify Rewind is quickly coming up around the corner. Now, I'm no Mystic Meg, but I've got a pretty strong feeling that Harry Styles will take the top five spot for most streamed songs for 2022. It's pretty hard to get away from as it was, as it was everywhere. On the radio, in cafes, passing cars, in the clubs, everywhere. 
Oh, and do a Leapers collab with uh, Elton John. That's also going to be there. Mark my words. In fact, I should probably get on one of those betting websites and uh, put money on that because I think I'm going to be right. Again, again, I'm no Mystic Meg, but I've got a pretty strong feeling for this. For me, I'm quite basic with my music tastes. More modern than that of Forbes's old fart Beatles, Queens, or Radiohead. My top three Spotify artists are probably as follows. Magdalena Bay, an indie duo from the US and super underrated in my opinion. They're doing a couple gigs in New South Wales and WA over the summer. Might even see them at next year's Groove in the Moo or Spilt Milk, fingers crossed. The only reason why they're probably my number one is because I love their song Kill Shot. As they're a rare artist where they released their own songs but slowed and reverb. Just listening to that song at night, driving with the sunroof open and interior ambient lighting after Val is just wow. Talk about setting the mood. I also liked Shotgun, Secrets, and a song by them called The Beginning. It's uh, alright. It's not really my thing. If The Beginning sounds familiar, then you'll probably know it if you've watched Wednesday on Netflix. I was quite surprised to hear them actually in the Wednesday soundtrack. Super underrated artist. Now, second on my Spotify list would probably be close between Aluna George or Flume. If you've been in my car for Inward Bound, you'll probably know that 50% of my playlist is either a Luna George or Flume, with the rest of the playlist consisting of Congos, Canberra's own Peking Duck, Zed, Calvin Harris, and whatever's on the Take 40 for that week. Because when it comes to my awful tastes in music, I'm as basic... Uh, I can't really say that word, but you get the idea. Well, that's me for music. I'd love to get into touch with uh, what you're listening to right now and the artists you're listening to and what kicks you into gear. Throughout this year in Griffin, I've established myself as a bit of a storyteller with all the things that I've experienced at uni, my early years or things that I've observed over the weekend and the wild misadventures that I somehow stumble upon on a somewhat regular basis. I reminisced my first year experience at Griffin, despite the misadventure that was 2020. The whirlwind that was State of Origin, where I lost a very public bet and had to wear the other team's jersey for a week. I still think the Blues were robbed from that game. So I thought it would be fitting to share about my work in this final podcast as the host chair. Alright. So during my last year of high school and first year at university, I used to work as a pizza delivery driver. It was a pretty good gig for a first job. You clock in, assist the kitchen staff if needed, and when it's showtime, you dispatch with the pizza in hand, drive two or three suburbs over, and become everyone's favorite guy on a Saturday night, especially when the footy is on. Now, when your job involves going to people's houses and handing them over food for money, you get a fairly large variety of people you interact with. I've seen it all, folks. People in dressing gowns, literal children who run around the moving car. I'm not judging your parenting, just silently questioning it. Random notes at the doors, politicians who I recognise from the core flute signs at election time, and dogs which at times are intimidating because when you're carrying a hot pizza and a garlic bread, the dog just sees you as dessert. And my job description didn't really say anything about being eaten alive by a Doberman. One time, there was the middle-aged man who was only wearing a towel around his waist. Seriously, dude. 
Couldn't even put on some pants for the pizza guy? I was 17 at the time as well. Mentally scarring. So, you get the idea, right? As a pizza delivery boy, you live by one very important rule. You never go into the customer's house. No good can come from that. Now let me take you back to 2016. It's the NRL preliminary finals night. For a delivery boy, the weather could not have been any worse. It snowed that evening. The roads were blanketed with white. I still have the photo of it. It's unbelievable. Snow in late September. But when the night fell, the store was overwhelmed with hundreds of orders for delivery in minus three degree temperatures in wet, sleety weather. Now, I know you're probably thinking, ah, oh, Brad, it's not that bad. You're in that warm car of yours most of the time. And you're right. Until you remember that the Raiders were in the preliminaries. I lost count of how many times I knocked on the door only to wait 5 to 10 minutes in the cold because everyone was glued on the television screen watching the game. Couldn't just wait in the car since it was frowned upon by management. Thankfully my boss did give me some slack as every driver had the same problem. We all had orders that were late because other customers didn't answer the door to either pay for the food or collect their paid pre-orders. Remember, this was pre-COVID when contactless delivery wasn't a thing. We couldn't just leave it at the door back then. Some customers even asked me to enter and place the food in the kitchen, benches or tables while they're watching the game. You for real? I'm not doing that. Never enter the customer's house. Especially if it's a dodgy looking house in the bad part of town with poor lighting. Yeah, that's not suspicious at all. I swear I came home that night with a frost nip nose, a strong craving for hot chocolate and marshmallows, and a profound disappointment after hearing the Raiders lost a Melbourne storm. I thought that would be it for the year. Not even four months later when the mercury was 45 degrees in the blazing summer heat. Something went wrong with our systems. I did a double non-consecutive shift that day, but it was still around 30 degrees at 7pm. A proper hot night and all the orders were backed up like nothing else. Customers were waiting nearly two hours for their orders and as I was the only face from the store that they get to interact with, you can pretty much guess what I had to deal with. One woman went off her head at me for being two hours late and even tried to underpay me for that order. She was $20 short and insisted that she had a voucher, but her voucher was for online orders only, and she ordered through the phone. After a couple back and forth bickering and she tried calling the manager on me, but of course the line was busy. In that sort of heat, everyone's tempers were running a bit high, but I had to be a professional, and as much as it did suck back then, I took it like a champ. We eventually got into contact with my manager, who just instructed me via phone to just take the money and hand over the order. I was a little annoyed because the difference would have been taken out of my paycheck. Thankfully, that didn't happen, but at the time, I wasn't in the highest of spirits, mainly due to the heat. The next delivery was even crazier as I was given a special instruction to hand over the letter to my manager from a disgruntled customer who informed us that he was calling our company's suppliers to cancel their contracts and supply to our store for neglecting customers. He even had a go at me. I didn't really take much note in it as by then I was just mentally done. So I did take that letter to the manager. We both had a really good laugh about it. But that was short-lived because uh, another customer that I dealt with that night was probably the raid boss of all customers. This bloke threatened to smash me up and my car up with a mallet because we didn't accept card payments. I don't carry around an FPOS machine. Payment is either cash or online. 
He ranted and raved about how Queensland delivery drivers allegedly accepted God, but Canberra was so backwards, I was an uneducated meathead, blah, blah, blah. And in case you've, uh, didn't know, but getting threatened is pretty intimidating, especially if the guy's holding a weapon. Now, upon reflection, I've learnt quite a lot as my time as a pizza delivery driver. One, if a guy threatens to damage your vehicle with a mallet or cause you physical harm, calling the cops should be a given. No amount of free garlic bread complimentary of the store is going to make it okay. Because that's what we were told to do to de-escalate the immediate situation before blacklisting the address. Seriously, call the cops. I should have used the pizza bag as a shield like Captain America. Pizza Avengers, assemble! Uh, I've learnt some other things too as my time as a pizza delivery driver. Two, the movies lied to me. The only scantily clad person I've delivered pizza to was some creepy dude in a towel. And when a woman doesn't have enough cash for a pizza, the natural course of events is, of course, me getting yelled at, her calling the manager because I apparently didn't know how to do my own job, and eventually her getting her away at the expense of my paycheck half the time. Three, Delivering pizza on NRL final nights, or in 30 to 40 degree heat waves, is not exactly a fun thing to do. 4. Huge dogs are not your friend when you're holding a hot pizza. That and pet owners who really should contain their pets rather than let them run around a moving vehicle when I'm on the clock. And 5. You become a really good driver in a very short amount of time. You're suddenly able to maneuver around tight corners and bends without the within the worst designed suburbs in Canberra, you build up a tolerance for driving long hours at night, you get to know your car better and memorize every street in your district to the point where you don't need a GPS. All in all, it was a pretty good gig for a first job. I enjoyed my time as everyone's favorite dude on Friday and Saturday nights, but if I told you all the good parts, then it would have been a pretty boring story then, wouldn't it? I eventually got a new job at Meyer, and I loved it. Retail was a breeze and I impressed myself with how I was able to not only reach my KPIs, but even double it at times. Now that I've got a business administration degree, who knows where I'll end up in 5 or 10 years time. The end. <sighs> I don't know about you, but I for one am overworked, overstressed, and in desperate need of a holiday. I hear Adelaide is nice this time of year. I was told that there was this place called Minato Safari Park where you can actually go inside the animal enclosures and see the lions, rhinos, giraffes and even bison up close in huge paddocks where you can actually get to see them run around and move in the likes that you never really get to see in a regular city zoo. Minato Safari Park, just a 50 minute drive from Adelaide. I might check it out and uh, get back to you afterwards. I'm sure I can uh, speak for everyone, but I, for one, am glad that this year is coming to an end. Everyone will be off on holidays, some of us are graduating and moving into new endeavors beyond university. Pretty exciting times ahead of us. I hope that everyone has a good summer holiday, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and of course, safe travels. January is the season for surfing, barbecues, family, lemmingtons, pavlovas, trifles, crickets, all the staples of a true blue Australian summer. That's it for the podcast today, folks. Season one is a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning in. And for the very last time, I'm your host, Brad Sains. Thank you. Good night.